season, and this morning we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, and let's read a few verses here. I think this message, I think, fits all, all ages, and it's going to fit our age as well, see when I start preaching about it. Chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. It's not any star, it's his star. In the east, and we, and I, I'm sorry, and I come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and no Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ shall be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thou it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people." Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Liar. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Till he came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being one of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, from this, this passage of Scripture. What a statement, wise men. Lord, they were just people just like we are. Why they were wise? They came to worship you, Lord. They traveled miles with one purpose, to come to see you and to worship you. Lord, as our hearts this morning, we came to church to worship you. But Lord, our world today are not looking for you. But even today, there are wise people out there. They are searching for you. And Lord, we have people here today who are very wise. They put their faith and trust in you. Pray, Lord, to this morning, if there's someone on social media or someone here and never really received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, May they be wise today and realize they need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Who loves Christmas here? All right, let's be honest. Who loves Christmas? I love Christmas. <laughs> I don't like winter, but I love Christmas. I want out. You know, I like hot and sticky and humid. I love the summer, but I love Christmas. You know, I love the season. It's not, listen, it's not for the gifts, believe me. You know, we live in a day and age, and I mean, I'm in a day and age, like, we live, if I want something, I go get it. You know, it like, uh, it, it's just the way, you know, we adults, you know. But it's the season, you know, the 
warm of the people, you know, the, the, the things that we do, it is something about the season. Of course, this is the reason is Jesus. But let me tell you something. It is, I love I mean, I don't know about you, but I do it. I love it. So let's look at this message today about, uh, I, I titled this message, Wise Men Still Seek the King. Wise Men Still Seek the King. So the Bible is a book full with many examples of wisdom and wise people. Do you believe that in our world that we live today, there are wise people? Of course. There's a lot of people with a lot of brains out there. There are people that do things you go like, wow. Listen, look, look at uh, construction things, buildings and bridges. Look at uh, ships. and I mean, I, you're talking about, you name it. You go, wow, who designed these things? It amazes you, the human minds. I mean, uh, imagine that, you know, you put a, a bridge together that goes like for six, seven miles. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but even more, across a, across a river or ocean, whatever it is. And you say, the engineering on that, to build such a thing to, so cars and people can go across it like, well, that is wise. Now we're going to look into that. So, so the Bible gives us examples of people who are full of wisdom and they're wise people. For an example, there was Enoch and Noah, you know, who were wise enough to listen to this. People, the world's not like, they're like, well, oh, that's foolishness. All right, that's the world. And they're wise enough to walk with God. Wow. All right, okay. So, they were both, uh, let me go back here a little bit. Um, they walked with God in, in, in their day. And while the world around refused to walk with God, but they did, they made that choice. They were both saved while they were, others perished. For an example, there was Ruth, who was wise enough to, to say to her mother-in-law, when she said to, for her to go back to the uh, people, and look what it says, actually I'm going to quote the Bible here, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, and Ruth said, Entreated me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee, for why thou, thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And listen to this. And thy gods, my God. Where thou diest, I will die. And there will, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more so I will. But that part thee in me. So she said, where you go, I go. Where you live, I live. What you eat, I will eat. Your God will be my God. That is wise. What happened to the other one? She went back to her people. So while her sister-in-law turned around and went back to a former way of life, Ruth followed her mother-in-law to the land of Israel, which she became an ancestor of Jesus. Another one, there was Andrew, who was wise enough because he brought people to Jesus. There was David, who was wise enough to, uh, to say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There was Martha, who was wise enough to entertain Jesus in her home. There was Mary who was wise enough to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word. There were the wise men who came to worship the Lord Jesus when he was but a child. He came to his own and his own received him not. It's interesting that they came and remind uh, doctors of the law of Israel that the king was born. And they knew exactly where you would be born in the land of Judah, in the little town of Bethlehem. Did they go and worship? No. They were curious enough, curious enough to go and see? 
No, they just quote. You know what? Wise people still seek Jesus, no matter what age we may live. You know what? Our world is full of wise fools. There's a statistic going on that churches are shrinking. You know why? Because people are wise fools. They think they, they can live without God. They can take care of their own destinies. And they will die and regret it for all eternity. They will regret it. There are wise people in our world today. There are many wise brains in our world who have done great things for humanity. But according to the Bible, a wise man is one who seeks God. You realize that he's lost, heading for destruction, and seeking God makes them wise. You know, there are people that that's what they do. Church just want money. Church is full of hypocrites. And they go on and on and on and make mockery. You know what? There's more hypocrites outside the church than are hypocrites in the church. All right? There's all kinds of reorganizations that say to you, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know what? We don't give to God. We just gift, bring to Him what belongs to Him. I don't look at my tithe and say, oh, Lord, you know, I work hard for this. That's the Lord's money. Look what it says in Proverbs 1.5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain into wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise in the dark saying, look what it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the Bible is pretty clear, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. That is what the, the, man, the man in our text did when these guys show up in the scene the, the, the Herod here is a liar. I'll go see him. So tell me where he is. Wicked words. Wicked heart. The Lord gave them a light and they follow until they came face to face with the Lord Jesus. Listen, folks. I hear so many programs about this star. What kind of star it was. They're trying to tell you this. Star. Listen. That was God's star. When people say like, oh, this star, it was in the right time, in the right moment. And you scratch your head and you're like, History Channel, and I'm going to flip you. Discovery Channel, I'm tired of it. You know, you know, like it's the same nonsense. You know what? It was God's star. It's interesting when they got to Herod and the doctors of the Lord, the star disappeared. What happened to the star? As soon as they got back in the road, there was the star again. It was God guiding them to the right spot. They came with the purpose to worship the king. That's what they came for. It is interesting. The human mind try to rationalize and try to explain away the things of God. Let me tell you how Jesus walked on water. Really? <laughs> you know, if you really read the, 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 the passages, it was in the deepest part of the Lake of Galilee. Go read about it. Yeah. Oh, there were some stones over there. And he used to... <laughs> when I heard that, I have to flip the channel because I, I, I had it. I had it. <laughs> so, let's look at wise men still seek the king. We're looking about, you know, talking about the king. We look at, and, and, and the, the lessons that we come about, we, we're looking at today, we look at that wise men still seek the king. Number one, wise men still seek Jesus. The story of the Magi raises all sorts of questions. Who are these 
magi from the east. What was the star in the sky? How did they know what, uh, what, the, what the star meant? What was God's purpose in bringing them to Bethlehem? We won't be able to answer. I won't be able to answer those questions today because of my message is a little different this morning. But I trust we will gain a greater appreciation for these magi and their part in their Christmas story. So one of the main things the magi teach us is that now everyone responds to God the same way. After reading the, reading the genealogy of Christ and then seeing the birth of Jesus, uh, uh, you will think that everyone will come to Jesus to worship him as king. But not, not, not true. People go to churches for different reasons. Some people are just outright religious. Some people just feel good to go to a church. But other people are they're genuine Christians and they love the Lord. These people came with a purpose. What's their purpose? They came to worship the king. Our text called these men wise men. That phrase magi, the magi were skilled in, in philosophy, medicine, religion, and natural science. They were also soothsayers and interpreters of dreams. They were greatly interested in astrology. Uh, reason their attention was arrested by the star. They, they intrigued them. So we do not know for sure where uh, these men came from. We are simply told that they came from the east. The Bible says, verse 1, verse 2. Most reputable Bible scholars believe they came from Mesopotamia. That is, the most likely came from the area around ancient Babylon. If they were from that region, these men would have access to the Jewish scriptures. Who were in Babylon? The Jews were there. The Jews had been taken to Babylon early years as slaves, and we do this as our Bible study on Wednesday nights. They lived in Babylon for several decades, and many even stayed behind when the rest returned to Israel. While they were there, several, uh, uh, of course, they probably heard of this, this stuff, heard the story. Who was there? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there. Daniel was there. Daniel wrote plenty about the coming of the Lord while he was living in Babylon. The prophet Ezekiel penned this book while living there. Several of the Psalms were written by uh, 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 the exiles living in Babylon. So as a result, these learned men would have known of the prophecy. And actually, let me read Numbers 24, 17, which says, There shall come a star out of Jacob, as captured shall rise out of Israel. So this teaches us that these men were uh, uh, on a spiritual journey. They were looking for a king, and they were following his star. You follow that? You know, creation is God's creation. Amen. You follow that? And creation, we look at up, and they there for us to give God glory. Isn't you know, it amazing that it's out there, you can actually buy a star? You didn't know that? There's a company that sells you a star. You can own a star. You know, uh, men are so corrupt that they find any way to get your money. I was watching TV. I saw like, do you want to own a star? You, I mean, this is honest truth. You can buy a star. It's like, no, it's God's star. You know, God owns all. I thought it was, I was, I was taken back when I saw that. Where in the world? You go, how can you buy a star? 
<laughs> no, of course, we put names on everything, and these three, I'm sorry, but there probably was more than three wise men there. Uh, but because of the gifts, we say it's three, and we even give them names. Uh, and the Bible does not specify any name at all. Uh, the, the Bible just says they're wise men. It probably it was a, a slew of people with these people that came along. Uh, you know, that's the way they used to travel in those days. I don't believe these men travel alone. Uh, so if you read the Bible, you can tell it probably was a lot more than one, than three. But let's put you know the wise men was three. We even sing the three wise men, but it was not what it was. So letter A, we see their purpose. What was their purpose? The Magi have a very noble reason to acquire about the king of the Jews. They wanted to worship Christ. Let me ask you this question. Wise men seek to worship God. When you come to church, what is your purpose? We come to worship, right? We say, well, I can worship God in my house. Yes, you can. I can worship God in the golf course. Yes, you can. Yeah, I can worship God in my job. Yes, you can. But there's one thing unique about the local church. We meet together for one purpose, to worship our king. Could they look at the star and give glory to God where they were? Yeah. But you know what? They wanted to see the king. Their purpose, they came to worship. Number two, wise men still worship Jesus. The wise men tell, uh, tell King Herod in verse 2 that their desire is to find this young king and to worship him. When they do find him, in verse 11, they, f- they fall down before him and worship at his feet. Look what it says in verse 2, saying, What is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have, can you imagine how Herod took this one? I am the king here. Are you telling me he's another king? You know what? In the look at verse 11, it says that when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they saw, they had opened their treasures and they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. It is amazing that these heathen astrologers had enough insight to recognize the glory of the one they have found. You see, here we are 2,000 years later with all the light we have been given and with many, many people still incapable of seeing Jesus for who He is. We have the complete Word of God. We have messages and messages. We have all kinds of preachers preaching every single day. And there's still thousands who mock God, who laugh at Him, who look at His salvation and say, Oh, I don't want it. You say, I don't care if I die, I will take care of myself. What a colossal mistake. That is, I mean, believe me, the worst mistake a human being can do is reject the free gift of salvation. But you know what? 2,000 years later, we would think, we would think, we have the complete Word of God. We would think that through the ages, missionaries went everywhere, preachers everywhere. We would think that people would take it and will understand. And you know what? People still reject God. You know one thing that, as a preacher, I see, probably you guys see the same thing. The one thing that I notice is this. 
When somebody close to these people die, their very foundations shake. They question themselves. Because now, oh, one of these days is going to be me. I had an opportunity this week at work because somebody close to us died. And I can see the people asking questions. Wise men still seek the king of kings. You know why? Because this world is about a passing through. It's about a couple of things. But you know what? In the end, in the end of everything, we need God. We need him. In our society, the wisest among us are not scholars, not the scientists, and they are certainly not the leaders of our nation. The wisest people in in our world are those both young and old who are willing to forsake everything else and simply, simply fall at the feet of Jesus and worship him. One of the greatest and most greatest of sacred duties we can perform to the Lord is simply to give him our worship and praise. I'm not perfect, but I love my Jesus. I really do. I'm not a professional singer, but I love to lift up my voice and praise his name. Because I know what he has done for me. I know how costly was that salvation. I know. And I believe you do the same. If we just stop and take a brief inventory, we will find ample reasons to worship at Jesus' feet. Just think about what Jesus has done in your life. Let's think about where you were and where you are and what God is doing in you. Think about it. Listen, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not grow up with the Bible in my hands. Yeah, my family was religious, religiously lost. But let me tell you, when I met Jesus for the first time, what a day. And from that day on to today, I still love my Jesus. And I believe you do the same. Some of you grew up in Christian homes. Wonderful. My kids did that. Wonderful. I wish I could have been saved like I when I was five. But I did not. I was one of those, you know, married and, you know, living like the world. Until somebody took time and talked about Jesus with me. I'm forever grateful for what he have done. To think about it, what Jesus have done in your life and we continue to do. Think about what Jesus is doing in your life. Think about what Jesus has promised to do in your life. Think about where you go when this life is over. It's not wonderful to know that one day he's going to say, Welcome home, you good and faithful servants. Isn't that good? I believe it is. Letter A, they're persistent. Oh, they're persistent. Look what it says in verse 2. Where is he that is born the king of the Jews? Look, there's a question mark there. These people were determined, these guys were determined to follow or to find the king. When we started our church, when we uh, went the front there in the main road, oh, that's good. You know, people see this church all the time. You know what? It doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing. 
when we want to find something, we persistently will keep going until we find it. These men were persistent. They miles and miles, and they had one thing in mind. We're going to find the king. You know what? If you're looking for Jesus, you will find him. He's not going to hide from you. If you want to grow in a Christian life, be persistent. You know why? Your nature would say, no, don't do it. The world would say, no, don't do it. Satan would go, I'm going to get you. And you know why? You stand like a faithful soldier and you persistently say, I will keep the battle on for my God. Believe me, you can do it. This thing about saying, the Christian life is hard. It is hard. You see any soldier going to war and say, oh, war is easy? They come scarred and they have cuts and, and bruises. You know what? Because they were in battle. When we get to heaven someday as the soldiers of the cross, guess what happened? We have many bruises from the battles. It's not easy, but then why is it not impossible? Be persistent. Get this. Dedication breeds determination. You get that? Dedication breeds determination. The dedication of these men is a good illustration of how we must pursue spiritual knowledge. How study of scriptures must be continuous. Don't be like the wind. I read my Bible today and two years from now I read it again. Do it every day. You know what I do? The breakfast of champions. You know that last cereal, breakfast of champions? <laughs> Get food. You know, for the soul and food for your spirit every day. You need it. Listen, I can't go, I can't get out of bed in the morning and go through three, four hours without eating. It messes up my stomach. You know, I drink my tea and I get stomach aches, you know, from the acid of, on the, you know, so what? I go and have, I can't find something to eat. I mean, I get my egg and cheese and sliced bread every morning. I'm driving and I'm eating. But you know what? What about the spiritual food? You've got to have that too. Start your day with God. It is wise. And end your day with God. The Magi finally found what they were looking for. They were persistent. They found Jesus. You know what? It's not different from today with us. Steadfastness in the pursuit of spiritual knowledge is vital. The obtaining knowledge and honoring God. I would just remind you today that Jesus Christ is worthy of our praise and worship. He deserves all of your love for Him. He deserves all of the, your devotion to Him. He deserves all the praises to Him. He is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Wise people know they owe everything they have to God. Let me tell you this. Wise people know that salvation is a wonderful gift from God. And that wise people know... Even each step that they take is by the grace of God, and they know how good God is. We serve a good, loving God. We do. And wise men seek Him. Wise fools say to God, I don't want you. Wise people say, I need you, Lord. You go to church on Sunday and you're not going to make double time and a half? That is foolishness. That's what I hear. 
You say you're not coming to work on Sunday to go to church? And you're not going to make double time and a half? That's foolishness. Don't let that get to you. Because it can get to you. Use that opportunity to tell them about Jesus. You know what? Listen, don't misunderstand me here. If you, job, if you have to go to work on Sunday and because you have to go to work, I understand that. But when you're on the spot, you have to make the choice. Sure. Choose well. Yeah. Choose well. I told them my job, they were threatening us about mandatory Sunday. I said, and that day I'm going to push the religious things on you. I will. Wise men know what is right and know what is wrong. And wise men worship the Lord. These guys were wise because they came to worship the king. Number three. Wise men still give Jesus. When these men came before the Lord, they came with their hands full. They didn't come with empty hands. You follow that? These men came to worship the Lord, but they bring something. They had full hands. They didn't have empty hands. Listen, folks. Let's look at this. Look what it says in verse 2. And when they came, they were come into the house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. That's a sign of they're worshiping right there. They fell down. Look what it says, and worship him. They acknowledge who Jesus was. Even as a child, they acknowledge him to be God, to be the king, and they worship him. And when they had opened their treasures, they, they, present, they presented unto, uh, unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These men didn't come to the Lord with empty hands. They came, like I said, with gifts. Let me put it this way. When you come to the house of God, don't come with empty hands. Give to God what rightly belongs to Him. I don't preach much about money here, but let me put it this way. What belongs to God belongs to God. And God is clear in His Word. He says, Pastor, I cannot do it. You Hear me well. Trust God and leave the results to Him. You follow that? Trust God and leave the results to Him. And God will take care of you. And to say, well, God, that's a lack of faith. I've been, I've been coming to the house of God for over 25 years now. You know what? Always with four hands. And let me tell you, God has been great. I'm not boasting here. I'm testifying here the truth. Because you, God knows I'm telling the truth. The gifts of gold. The gold speaks of the deity of Christ. God testif uh, gold testifies uh, to the world who Jesus really is. Gold is a gift fit for whom? Kings. They're literally testifying to him. You are the king, not just a king. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Wow. The gift of gold is a fitting gift. The gift of gold is a very appropriate for a king. The gift of gold is a foretelling, foretelling gift. Let it be the gift of frankincense. Frankincense presents Jesus as priest. If you study the word frankincense, you will discover that it was a priestly gift. It was used in the worship of the temple. And when 
uh, and when sacrifice were offering unto him. Jesus is not only our king, he is our high priest. Wow. These guys had a right. Let us see. The gift of myrrh. Good night. You give a child myrrh. The myrrh presents Jesus as our propitiation. Myrrh is a substance used to embalm dead bodies. It reminds us of why Jesus came into the world. Why? He came to die for our sin. He came with a purpose. Folks, you know that many people don't have no purpose in life. They go from day to day and no clue why they're living for. God came with a purpose. And that purpose was you and me. Number one, he came to die for sinners. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is the faithful saying, worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came unto the world to save sinners. And look what it says, of whom I am chief. He came into the world to die for sinners like you and me. Wise people still, still to this day give their life to Christ. I witnessed to somebody and I said, are you ready to give your life to Christ? I'm not ready yet. I look at him and said, that's a very unwise statement. I, I do this when I'm ready. I said, don't do that. Please do that before you die. He came to die for sinners. Number two, he came to be our propitiation. Jesus came all uh, to satisfy the holy demands of a just and righteous God in regards of sin. You see, Jesus came to close the gap between God and man. He was born to die. He died that we might live. Listen, folks, it was not God that turned his back on us. We the ones who turn our back on God and walk the other way. But God in his love saw us walk away and said, I love you so much, I'm going to make sure you can make reconciliation with me. And Jesus came, the Bible says, in the fullness of time. And the wisest person is the person that recognizes who Jesus is. That's the wise person. Number four is my last point. I'm almost done. Wise men still listen to Jesus. And look what it says in verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod's, they depart into their own country another way. If those men will wake up in the morning and say, that was a weird dream. I dreamed that God told me to go this way. And the other one says, I dreamed the same way. And the other one says, I dreamed the same thing. I guess it's true, isn't it? If they went to Herod, what would happen? Herod wanted exactly to know where Jesus was so he could go and what? Kill him. Who is behind Herod? Satan. Satan was behind Herod. And you know what? God says, you go this way. A wise man is a man that listens to God. You know, God speaks to you today. Every day, God speaks to you and me. And we are wise when we listen to the voice of God. And we follow 
what he says. Letter A, it was a divine message. It was a message that came directly from heaven to those men. And you know what? They were wise enough to listen to. Our duty, folks, is to listen for his voice and then respond in obedience when he reveals his will unto us. There are far too, uh, uh, too many people who run the other way when God talks to them. I want you to be a missionary. Oh, not me, God. Call somebody else. I want you to do this. Not me, God. Call somebody else. And God says, it's you that I'm calling. It's you that I want. What happened to Jonah? God called him, and Jonah said, oh, not me. I'm going the other direction. And he did. And God says, you know what? I don't have anybody else. You are my plan, and you're going that way. You know what? We sometimes learn the hard way, don't we? God says, go this way. We go in the opposite, 180 the opposite way. And God says, you're still going to go that way. He makes a painful way for us to turn around and recognize I should went that way in the first place. These men are wise. You know why? Because they listen to the voice of God. Let it be. It was a divine dream. A dream uh, was the means by which God used to convey a message in the Old Testament many times to many people. There was a, this was a special means of communication God used. But you know what? When they woke up in the morning, they took the dream serious. And they followed what God said. Isn't it the angel came to Joseph and said, go to Egypt? Why? Because somebody is looking to kill the child. Somebody that was energized by Satan. Satan tried everything he could for Jesus not to go to that cross. He did. You know what? But God in his grace and God kept going and God's plan kept going and Jesus went to the cross and praise the Lord that he went and today we can have salvation. It was a divine dream. I conclude with this, folks. For just a minute, think with me about the great contrast we see in this text between Herod, the priest, and the scribes, and the wise men. The scribes had their possessions, the very, the, had in their possession the very word of God, but they didn't believe the word of God enough to go and see the Messiah for themselves. Herod was clearly told the king uh, that the king of the Jews uh, has been born, but the wise men were going to worship him. He refused to leave the comforts of his palace to travel in a mere like five miles to see the child himself. You know what he wanted? He wanted to kill the child. The priests and scribes may have called uh, men of God, but they knew nothing of the, of the true and living God. Unfortunately, there are many people like that. The Magi were called the wise men for a very good reason. They came from a foreign country, traveled many miles, recognized Jesus to be the king and worship him as Lord of Lords. What a contrast from the other people I just mentioned here. Folks, and the truth is the same today. Our world is full of people, isn't it? But the wisest person in this world is the person that recognizes Jesus for who he is. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, He is the Savior. And at Christmas time, we celebrate Him. He is the reason for the season. Yes, they will make mockery of you. 
Yes, they will laugh. They will joke. They even call you nicknames because you are a Christian. They even tell you that you're wasting your time going to God's house. But you know what? In the end, they are the losers. We are the winners. And Amen. we don't say this in a boastful way. It cuts our heart when somebody dies unsaved. Especially people that are close to us and we know they're not saved. It cuts your heart. But in the end, they're the losers. We're the winners. They think that they're going to hell and they're going to have a good time with their drums and their guitars and parties and drunkenness and everything else. It's going to be all there because in heaven it's just a boring place. Folks, that is a lie. It's the opposite. In heaven it is joy, eternal joy. It is a wonderful place to be. Hell is a place of eternal torment. And Jesus says you don't have to go there. I made it possible so you can come here. Can you imagine? God said, I'm going to make sure that you have a place to go. I'm going to open my heaven for you to come and be with me. I think that's a loving God, isn't it? I change that every day. Let me put it this way. Think about it. Let's say this thing is not true. And you come to church, worship the Lord, read your Bible. All right, let's, let's put an example. If it's not true, I got nothing to lose. But if the Bible is true, I got everything to gain, and everybody has everything to lose. You follow that? I'm just trying to make you think, because I believe the Word of God is true. I believe heaven is a real place. I believe God is the creator of all things. I believe that Jesus went to heaven, I mean, went to Calvary's cross to die for my sin. Because you know what? I'm the chief of sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for wise people. Lord, we're not talking about worldly wisdom. We're talking about people who recognize they are sinners, they are broken. You recognize they need you. Lord, these people came from different country, travel miles with one purpose, to come and worship you. Lord, we have people here that travel quite a bit to be here this morning. They're wise. They came to worship the king, to worship you. Help us, Lord, to be wise, to continue to be wise in our lives, putting you first in everything we do, to tell others about the great Savior. And Lord, may we reach others with this great truth that Jesus is King. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.